Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? Be perfect, Jesus tells us, like your heavenly Father is perfect. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, beautiful, and true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host, Dan Duddy, and nearly perfect, Dan Duddy. (laughs) How are you, Tom? All right, buddy. How are you doing? Doing quite well. Not quite perfect, but doing, quite perfect. doing quite well. Working on it. Well, you've, we could probably sign off now because you you, you got the nut. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's the second time we're using that word. Uh, <laughs> nut. <laughs> Always the first time. Before the air, before we went on the air. Oh yeah, you were, talking about, you were talking about nuts, and I was thinking that the squirrels are out there. And in fact, I found one that was on my deck had a big nut mm-hmm. in its mouth. Yeah, well, <laughs> I uh, we, there's a lot of money around where, <laughs> where we live. These squirrels have pistachio nuts, pistachio <laughs> nuts, <laughs> and they have their pinkies have their pinkies up while they eat these pink pistachio nuts. So do do they shell them, or do they just eat them? <laughs> They hand them. They hand them to me, and I and I shell them, <laughs> <laughs> and I throw them back, and therefore we have squirrels. Yeah. Why do you yes, think? Why do you, uh, yeah. So the, so you got the, you know you're uh, we're on this theme. You got the although we're gonna, we're going to change this theme, but we we're. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> but I'm getting you, kind of squirrely. You, you got <laughs> you got the nut of. Um, this episode, yeah, you're well, working on it. That's what you said. I'll, you're working I'll, yes. on it. Yeah, yeah, of course, working on it. Yeah, yeah. So looking uh, for, uh, yeah, looking for the nut. Even the blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, as they say. As they say, yes. So, uh, yeah. The um, by the way, you live pretty close to the salt water. I do too, mm-hmm. but in a different different environment. Mm-hmm. You've got. You have stones for your on your property. I, I have grass and plants and whatnot. Uh, you walk to the beach, right? I mean, you walk to yeah, walk, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crazy to drive there. Do you have a lot of squirrels? Not really. Uh, I didn't think so. Okay, now it's making more sense. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you were going to dig into it that much. You're doing what? The, nothing bad, of course. But you're like Jesus, and we're going to get into this. You know. The, the way Jews talk and the Hebrews, they're hyperbole, but to make a point. Yeah, it's just trying to make a point. You made it, to... And you made it very well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I thought I did anyway. Now you're ruining it. We're, going, we're almost at four minutes. And we're you're, counting, you're counting my squirrels now. <laughs> so you're ruining the whole thing. <laughs> I, had, I had some credentials there for a little while. <laughs> now, this is... Uh, it's one of those uh, uh, phrases, one of those uh, passages in sacred scripture where uh, people say, well, right, it's impossible. Nobody's perfect, so why is Jesus telling us to be perfect? And have you wrestled with that at all? Yeah, I mean, it, this is something I, I think that I actually had brought up to you a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to, I wanted to look into it because it seemed, 
it just seemed uh, antithetical to, uh, I'm referring more to Paul. I think you opened up with Matthew. By the way, I think the word perfect, the word perfect shows up on 156 pages in the catechism. And uh, Paul mentions it, I believe, 17 times in his writings, but it's uh, actually 216 times using the word perfect in, in different ways, you know, so. But only twice always, in the Gospels. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's crammed in there. Is that, that's your point, right? It's, uh, it's in there quite a bit. Oh, no, I'm huh? saying Jesus only uses it twice so, uh, in the oh, four, in the four Gospels. Yeah, so that that is very meaningful to me. I didn't know that, but that really, and the show is only 25 minutes long, but that, that fires me up what you just said. Because to hear Paul talk about perfect, and I, and I love Paul, and although you know his writing can some, be somewhat confusing to me at times, and I know it comes from the interpretation of his writing, most of that confusion to me uh, anyway, but I just always felt like, how can we talk about perfection when we're sinners and we're bound to sin in this life? And... So I wanted to study it, and I kind of threw it to you a couple of weeks ago. And once again, you know, you jumped on it, and here we are. We're talking. We're talking about it. There is a conditional perfection, I believe, that Matthew is talking about, where it comes from God the Father in heaven, and and Paul does ride that same concept as well when it comes to conditional perfection. Once again, that which comes from God, it's done deal over. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's the only way God rolls. Whereas there's an actual perfection that we strive to achieve here on earth by way of the example of the Father, uh, the, the Son of the Father, Jesus Christ, who is the Father himself as well. So there's this realization attempt that we struggle with and through the sacraments and through sanctifying grace, we will achieve and we will become perfect in the end, as Christ wants us to be perfect, but the ultimate conditional perfection is something that we will share with God the Father in heaven through sanctifying grace, through purgatory, or if by the grace of God we can get our sanctification done here on earth. So that's just the beginning of this conversation, but it was, uh, it was really cool to gain that kind of an understanding from Paul in my studies today. But you you hit me with Matthew too, and I, I I didn't I didn't see anything from Matthew until you just said that. So that that was uh, that was pretty cool. So there's quite a bit of discussions on on it, in, uh, especially in Galatians from Paul. Mm-hmm. As uh, yeah, so, so uh, what, what, anyway, I mean, what what stimulated you from from Paul uh, to I mean, obviously, whenever we read passage, when we read sacred scripture, we should really pray sacred scripture. So yes. I wonder what you what you thought and perhaps prayed. You know, we could say, okay, not praying is not folding your hands and being in a certain posture. You can yeah. read them. I know you, and you'll pause on something, some part, and you'll. I know you're self-reflective about that sort of thing. I know mm-hmm. that you are self-critical. Am I measuring up to this? How can I do mm-hmm. better? So what will you, this is really a big test it's a big test for all of us. It's a big test for you in the context of what I just said, knowing how yeah. you are. So you read perfect, and in your humility, yeah. no kidding, all kidding aside, in your humility, you say, dear God, I am not perfect. Where do we go from here? Yeah, that's true. By no means am I perfect. And 
if I wasn't, I, I wouldn't be having so much fun in my own professions, you know, because every man likes a challenge. But it just, it just so happens my challenge, the greatest challenge is me. But uh, this concept of our will with or versus God's will has really like overcome me in a very exciting way over the last year. And by the way, I thank you for your generosity and asking me this that question. So, and I do. And and I think in my reflections and my quietness and trying to practice docility, perfection came up. And therefore, the reason why we're talking about it today. But the revolution of the will, the revolution of our own will, uh, ironically or paradoxically comes from us, you know, trying as best we can to achieve perfection, how? By turning our will over. And that's where the uh, the actual will gets the taste of the conditional will of God the Father in heaven, and that's what excites the soul. Does that make sense, Tom? Mm-hmm. Because does it? Okay, because then we find ourselves now intertwined and lovingly entangled with the will of God the Father, and then, bam, all of a sudden, now, through that docility, we're able to hear and see much more clearly. A good friend of mine, who I know very, very well, very dear friend of mine, told me he had a wonderful confession over the weekend. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it might have been you before the mic came on, I don't know. But there is a great example in what you told me about, first of all, docility, but the amount of perfection that you have learned from that analogy of that wonderful priest, and I'm not going to cross lines and, t- and say it, uh, Tom, that is where where wills get turned over and then the conditional will comes in and then it excites you to become even more, how would I say, effective and more, more inspired and more electrified in your own condition, uh, actual will to see those wills entangled, especially on earth is one thing, but to see them become entangled in heaven, which is the ultimate end of the race. Oh, it's just, it's just brilliant. Anyway, that was a long answer perhaps, but I'm obviously excited about the concept. Yeah. I think that, uh, in thinking of that confession experience, but also what we're doing now and it's, mm-hmm. it's an, all we do, uh, as disciples of Christ, to live, it's like, okay, it, 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 what we say about our, our country, our nation, in order to form a more perfect union, well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to form a more perfect union uh, with God. And we right. do that through uh, the church and, and as, as the mystical body of Christ and obviously ultimately through Christ. So the... It's the striving, as you said in the beginning, the, you know, a work in progress. If, I mean, everything in the Sermon on the Mount was about, because, you know, he's closing that part of chapter five in the sermon would be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. But prior to that, it's all about here's, here's what you can do. Here's what you must do. And in that sermon, you know, he's teaching us how to pray. And he says those two words, on earth, and then goes on to say, as it is in heaven. Exactly. This is not, we're not, we're not Gnostics, you know, it's not all spiritual. And we can't just say like a verbal or mental assent, I believe 
in God. Okay, I believe that God exists. And I yeah. believe he's this or that, but I don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's 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 where the actual the actual comes in. Uh <laughs> God knows I have Beatitudes in my notes versus the commandments. And we've talked about that before and how, you know, the commandments are must do this, must do that, you know, um, do not, do not. And, you know, it's uh, it's bam, 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 black and white. And then our, here comes our Lord uh, along through the by the, the mystery of the Holy Trinity with God, the Father in heaven himself. And here comes the Beatitudes. And now our Lord is gently inviting our will to become actualized and match up and answer the law. Like our Lord, our Lord didn't wasn't anti-law. He came to uh, to fulfill the law, but he taught us how to do that through the actualization of what we're talking about talking about today uh, the perfection of of our will so yeah that that was beautiful and you know i, I just want to read something to you from mm-hmm. galatians 5 13 tom and i think that um, it's going to absolutely apply to you and what you said personally to me my good friend before the microphone went on but and i'm going to skip it a little bit but uh, paul says in a, in a letter to the galatians you my brothers and sisters were called to be free But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, Tom, that relates completely to what you told me before the mic opened up. Amen? Amen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he says, and so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, he's pointing toward actual perfection. One last stanza here. And this is what I want want to hit, 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 hit you, my dear friend, from what you told me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, that's Paul on perfection. Mm. Mm. Actual actual, uh, perfection. Does that ring a bell, Tom? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, rings a bell. Beautiful, right? And yeah, man. It's, uh, and I appreciate you doing that. Uh, it's, you know, when you think of part of the sermon, and this is something that affects men more than women, just because of the way our brains are hardwired, is uh, the, the lust in the heart, the desires of the heart. Now, the desires, I gave it away in the beginning by saying the lust. Uh, and Jesus says in this in this example, well, it's it's not enough just to say don't commit adultery. And 
what he's getting at with all his uh, uh, his teachings in using the commandments as a reference point or a launch pad is to say, well, let's talk about this conversion of your heart. Uh, because that, I mean, our, our, our senses are geared to that. I mean, one of the reasons why the church was brilliant in the development and the, and the sacramentalizing of marriage is, I mean, the way men are designed, we could just go around and um, we did uh, just making babies. And I'm talking about going back to human history. But, and so there's no, there's no restraint. And so the church and her wisdom is saying, okay, well, marriage, especially to make it a, to make it a sacrament, this is a grace from God, is to say, well, one of the reasons is that the two become one flesh and you're not bouncing around. This is what keeps the father around for the children. Mm. Otherwise, the mother just, uh, you know, that happened way too many times. So Jesus is saying, you know, I know, I know what, what you're about. I, kn- I know what you're like. But this, what, what I'm about, he's telling us, is that I'm going to change your heart. And you use the word docility, Dan. In docility, in our, in our humility, we need to allow that to happen. Uh, and that won't happen if we uh, if we weren't we, if we aren't open to that to that love. And you know what I always think is guys like you and me. We again we're brought up with this. We don't we don't we have a much better understanding now than we did you know in our in our early in our childhood, of course. But just think, I, I can't help but think if I, if I see anything in the news or whatever it is. Look at statistics. Look at research that comes out. You know, that's published studies about how things have gone wrong. And these people don't, they don't, they were never taught this. That is so true. That is tragic, tragically true. And you and I, my friend, have to do our very best to go even outside of the realm that we've already, you know, somewhat feel comfortable in and stretch, stretch our limits and, uh, you know, get to the edge of the comfort zone because that's where life really begins. I think, Personally, I know we're on the air, but if I was looking at you right in the eye right now, I'd tell you that I am I am super feisty at the moment. I'm a pain in the neck to be with. Uh, I just feel a really strong urge to go further outward. I'm trying to be docile while I'm pacing the room, Tom, and uh, so I can hear. And, and what you told me, there's a level of promptitude that happened with you after your docility, you know, uh, I'll just, if you don't mind, you had a great confession. Um, we're all Catholics here in the air. We're about to become Catholic or yeah, deeper Catholics. <laughs> and uh, you, uh, and, and what, what happened is you, you, you got on the phone here today and there was a great deal of excitement. So there was a promptitude in you. And, and, and you mentioned repetition and that's the constancy. That's what Ignatius gives us. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's it's amazing you would mention that that last comment about Ignatius and uh, uh, um, uh, repetition because uh, I'm in the I've just I'm just begun the uh, course for the diocese with the spiritual as spiritual director oh. and that this whole year is going to be is is Ignatius and today we spent quite a bit of time and the leader spent the teacher spent quite a bit of time on ignatius and repetition so it's really it's really your timing is is right on 
I think that, you know, from a practical standpoint, and Jesus using the, is referencing be perfect like your, uh, your Father in heaven is perfect. Again, in the, in the original language, in the Hebrew and the Greek, Aramaic, uh, we know it from the Greek in terms of the, how the New Testament was written. Uh, but we know what the languages are. We know what the word in Aramaic would be, whether or not we have a written record that Jesus said it. We know that that's what it, what, what it means is there's, got to, there's this fulfillment. In other words, we should be continually growing and maturing. And presumably, whenever that peak is, and the peak is, is at the end, uh, because, as you said, working on it, you're working at it. And we're not like children. We're not supposed to be like children. Although, it's interesting, this is where we, gotta, we, gotta have, we got those nuance there with Christ saying you got to be like children, but in terms of docility, innocence. But, you know, uh, you got to be, uh, what, as peaceful as a dove and wise as a serpent. We got, we're growing. We have a sense of maturity, of completeness. The word, uh, uh, there's a word that's, well, often said telos in terms of our purpose, but there's telios, which is the maturity. It's completeness, attaining a goal. And Jesus' ex- exhortation in sacred scripture, in the Gospels, but especially in the Sermon on the Mount, is to exhort us to, here's this goal. This will make you perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You're not going to attain it, but one day you're going to have the beatific vision. Yeah, that's right. And those are the key words, Tom. I think that's what brings us to perfection. Is that when you know we go off and we find you know uh, words that are synonymous with the word perfection and what Paul really means to us? It's maturity and completeness, and taking our steps towards such. You know, and understanding yes that we're. That we have to try to keep the law and keep our commandments, but the, the perfection comes in the not the desire to do so, but the actualization, the work, the, the work, the actual work, the repetition, and the constancy that do so. All coming from what our love for Christ, our love for God the Father in heaven. And Saint Ignatius tells us that even if I don't have the desire, give me the desire. Thomas Merton yeah. says, I don't. If I don't have the desire, I, I want to, and maybe maybe if I don't satisfy you. My desire to satisfy you, satisfy you, pleases you. So you know we we try. You know we we keep yeah. trying, and yeah. uh, you know we can't do we 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 can't do this by uh, by ourselves. So it's you know community. I, I tell you the two things that the two C words. Uh, obviously, Christ is the most important most important C word, but concrete and community. Concrete, you know, you, we've talked about this many times. Concrete is a very Catholic word, and that's also has to do with that on earth as it is in heaven. We don't know what it's, we don't know what heaven's going to be, you know, but we know what earth is, and so this yeah. is what we have to do it. And we always get to, I what I believe is universally held as the high, hardest part of Jesus' teaching, which is, well, you gotta you gotta be willing to go to the cross, carry your cross. Love, but in terms of conversion and living a virtuous life, love your enemy. Yeah, exactly. It keeps coming up tonight. So true. And I love uh, Merton Ignatius. They are so real and uh, relatable uh, saints, and uh, just just wonderful how they they innate, they inspire us. They liberate me uh, in how simple and how how deep their faith their faith is. Uh, they're in my posse, you know. Especially Ignatius. I'm learning more about Merton. I know he's one of your guys, but Ignatius is my man. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's he's interesting. We're gonna uh, he's gonna come up in our uh, November retreat, uh, the one that falls on uh, the it's, this is Providence. 
it's it's Veterans Day, and mm. it's the Feast of Saint Martin of Tours, a veteran himself, a veteran. And Ignatius too, yeah. Yeah, but well, what did they do though? What did they do? They had to love their enemies. They had to throw away their yes. they threw away their sword. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus made Peter the model of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a sword. Why do you have a hammer? You want a hammer and nail. You know, why do you have a yeah. sword? Well, a sword's, you know, a sword is a tool for something, something else. And Jesus said no. And so, you know, for the veterans, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough thing. That's a great point, brother. Excellent point. I'm looking forward to that retreat. I'm not looking forward to the sleeping part. I, I told uh, one of the other guys who might come. Because uh, uh, you're afraid you're going to wake other people up because you snore so loud? All right, you need to go to confession now. Speaking of confession. Okay. Why, because I sold you out about the truth about your snoring? Oh, my gosh. Dig, keep digging that hole, brother. I'm going <laughs> to pass you down a ladder. That's how deep you're going to be if you keep going like that. I stayed up I stayed up all night once to see if I snore, and I didn't snore once. <laughs> Any young man lives. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going in the small room, so I can't get at least an hour, should I? Oh, no, not the small room. <laughs> uh, that Those walls echo of snores. So... Uh, all right, well, that's, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, yeah, you can, when you read these passages, you don't toss your hands up and say, you know, well, I'm not going to try because there's no way I can be perfect. As Dan says, work at it. Work at it. You, it's, you may not, you, you're not going to get there in this life, but the fact that you're not going to get there, what's there? Well, there is, there is your idea of perfection. But yeah. it's the the perspective is God's. It's not ours. It's true. And go to the community of saints. We need to dip into our community of saints more than ever, ever before in history. Go to your community of saints and get your answers and listen. Yeah. All right, Danny boy. What's uh, coming up next? All right. Yep, you got it, Tommy. Uh, folks, please stay tuned for the Angelus and following the Angelus is your prayer intentions with Peter and Jebby. All right, Peter. Let them have it. Uh, we are WQPHradio.org, the 13th Apostle. A great, great, great platform, great opportunity. A, As Dan would say, a blessing. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Marianne, Jean, James, Tom, and the crew. And your support, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you because we believe you support us. Amen. God bless you, Danny. God bless you, Tommy, and God bless you all. On behalf of everyone here at WQPH, we would like to take a moment to congratulate Thomas R. Caffrey from the 13th Apostle Broadcast. He published a new book available on Amazon.com called A Boy for All Seasons But a Man. Boys Need a Hero's Journey to Reach Virtuous Manhood. You can get that on Kindle or at Amazon.com. Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be The 13th Apostle?